Good morning, everyone. I'm R. W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 21st of March, the 80th day of 2022, with 285 days ahead of us until 2023. Today in 1860, English novelist George Eliot finished her novel, The Mill on the Floss, a study of character, determinism, and spiritual energy generating tension amid day-to-day circumstance. This past Friday, 80 years ago, President Franklin Roosevelt signed an executive order setting into motion the War Relocation Authority which, acting on mostly groundless suspicion, began interning Japanese-Americans at various facilities located in the United States, even while Japanese-Americans were also serving in the United States military overseas during World War II. Today, in 1965, Martin Luther King Jr. and numerous others began their march from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama. Today in 1980, during the season finale of TV soap Dallas, ended in a cliffhanger with villain character J.R. Ewing being shot by an unknown assailant, generating the meme, Who Shot J.R.? Today in 2014, Russia formally annexed Crimea amid international condemnation. Heavenward this morning in the southeast sky before sunrise, Venus is at its greatest elongation, its farthest apparent distance from our sun, right on the heels of yesterday's vernal equinox, harbinger of the first day of spring. It's almost enough to have us thinking about Dante Alighieri's buddy Guido Calvocanti, the troubadour poet famous for such spring-like poems as Dona Mi Prega, or A Lady Entreats Me. A lady asks me, I speak in season, she seeks reason for an affect. Or, in the colloquial vein, we do it for reason, we do it for love, we do it in season to the stars above. But lest we forget, Mars, after whom our current month is named, also figures into the picture. Mars, the god of war, having overseen the beginning of yet another war, this one in Ukraine. The tendency toward nationalism is perhaps humanity's most innate impediment to the ultimate survival of our species, for if we are to survive as a species, we must eventuate ourselves into believing and behaving like we are all of the same tribe. That needs to be our common denominator, to achieve peace, to cope with climate change, and to purge ourselves of this plague known as COVID. Here in the United States currently, we have 80 million cumulative cases of COVID since the first reported cases on January 21st, 2020, dividing that number by the total cases worldwide of about 454 million, we find that we in the U.S. now have roughly 17% of the world's cases of COVID, while we are only 4% of the world's population. 17%, however, is an improvement over the 20% of the world's cases we had in the U.S. not so long ago. Elsewhere in a somewhat distant second place to the U.S. stats, India has 43 million cases. In third place globally is Brazil with 30 million cases. Fourth place this past week goes to France, owing to its significant recent spike in cases, so that its total since the beginning of the pandemic is now 
24.1 million. That bumps the UK down to fifth place with 20.2 million cases. Germany, owing to its recently pronounced surge in COVID, has a cumulative 18.4 million cases and is in sixth place. Seventh place goes to Russia with 17.3 million cases cumulatively cumulatively since the beginning of the pandemic about 27 months ago. On the fatal front, worldwide deaths due to COVID are at 6.1 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States are now at 971,000, up at least 5,000 since last week. Not a huge number for some folks, only an average of 714 of our citizens dying per day from the virus. Not a big number, unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. On the bright side, though we continue to lead the world in COVID deaths, our weekly totals have been steadily decreasing the past few weeks. Worldwide, more than 10.8 billion doses of vaccine have been administered. Today in Eisenach, Germany, in 1685, town band string player Johann Ambrosius Bach and his fur-trading wife Elisabeth Lemmerhirt had their youngest of eight children, Johann Sebastian Bach. Four of Johann Sebastian's siblings would die in childhood, and when he was nine years old, his mother Elizabeth would die. And though Johann Sebastian's father Ambrosius quickly remarried, he too would die within months of Johann Sebastian's mother, leaving his eldest brother Johann Christoph to raise the family. Johann Sebastian Bach became a Lutheran church organist who displayed an amazing capacity for composing and producing organ pieces for church services and concerts, attracting the attention of Prince Leopold, whose patronage made Bach the court musician, composing prolifically. More fashionable composers than Bach, however, overshadowed his work, and not until 1829, considerably after Bach's death, death, did the composer Mendelssohn revive Bach's work, allowing the world to recognize Bach as one of the greatest composers. Bach most likely was able to work as steadily as he did because of his lack of distractions. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us Bach never traveled outside of Germany, read very little, and showed no interest in any of the arts other than music. Today is also the birthday in 1806 of Mexican President Benito Juarez, in 1856 of Henry Ossian Flipper, former slave and first African-American to graduate from West Point. In 1869 of Follies producer Florenz Ziegfeld, in 1906 of billionaire philanthropist John D. Rockefeller III, in 1930 of American actor James Coco, in 1945, of American funk and rock vocalist and musician Rosemary Stone. In 1946, of Welsh actor Timothy Dalton. In 1949, of American rock singer-songwriter Eddie Money. In 1958, of English actor Gary Oldman. And in 1962, of American actress Rosie O'Donnell and American actor Matthew Broderick. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Congratulations! Today we've got the first day of the first week of spring. We knew we'd see it eventually.